All right. Good evening. Ooh. Welcome to another Raw Review Show. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So Start kicking off week eight now, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, week nine, actually. Oh, yeah. Week nine of the Raw Review Show. And outside of the Raw Review Show, we have a lot to discuss, my friend. Sure. A lot is an understatement. <laughs> there. <laughs> there was a lot happening this week. So let's just try and uh, buzz through this raw, which, uh, full disclaimer, I was bored. So uh wasn't the best for me, but I did enjoy the wrestling that did happen. There was a lot of promos that went through on this one. Yep. Uh, set up some stuff for Extreme Rules, but uh, we'll get through it. Yep. So what, what was your take overall on the overall feel of tonight's show? Uh, it It wasn't the best overall, but we did get extreme rules set up a little bit. We got some matches laid out. Not only that, I think we got some future storylines set up after it as well. And I'll, I'll touch on that here in a little bit as we go through it. But even though it's felt a little lackluster, it, it was kind of a filler episode of, of like your favorite TV show that kind of had to happen. Right. Right. I felt like it did bridge some things together. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe push some others along just a little bit. But right. As you said, it's, it's something that just had to happen. Mm -hmm. So tonight it opened with uh, Drew McIntyre opens the show with a promo. And as he's speaking, he gets interrupted by none other than Dolph Ziggler. Ta-da! The showstopper. Showstopper. Talked about how uh, AJ was traded to SmackDown, which I mm -hmm. guess in turn brings him to Raw. Yep. And his first uh event that he wants to do while on raw is challenge drew mcintyre for his title uh, and we get and we do get that set for extreme rules what do you think about that feud coop kind of ballsy i mean i know they used to be the tag or tag team partners and everything back in the day especially when drew was full-time heel and Dolph was the mouthpiece and drew was just the action for it so it's it's interesting to see that dynamic um, also adding one little piece to that when AJ got traded, the future considerations, uh, Robert Roode also came over oh, and that's that, right. that as well. So both of them are on raw now. Um, I'm kind of glad something like this has happened. I don't see drew dropping the title to Dolph, but it, it's just something different. So that way we're not going through the entire summer. Like we're not going to have a drew versus Seth part seven. By the time the seat the the summer's over, which I'm kind of glad that's not happening. Bobby Lashley kind of ran its course, and you know having Bobby Lashley as your main eventer, I don't think that would have worked out too well. So having a fresh face in there, Dolph being a former world champion could carry it, but I don't. Drew's too hot right now to drop it off of him, even if Dolph had one of the great biggest pops in the last ten years. In any WWE show whatsoever. So, I yeah. mean, I mean, I, I agree. I think uh, Dolph could carry it on, under circumstances, but as you said, uh, Drew's just too hot. I think they're just trying to tie up some loose ends yeah. from where we're together. They had uh, uh, a little bit of heat towards the end of that before Dolph got traded. So now he's back. So I think they're just trying to wrap that up mm -hmm. and buy some time to see who they can use as Drew's next uh, component. And also, that means that we have a happy ending for Mandy and Otis on SmackDown. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, the next segment we had is Naya comes out for uh, what reason. I don't know. I, I tune her out every time she comes out. Pretty much. But she was interrupted by R-Truth looking for Akira Tozawa and his ninjas. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I just love when R-Truth comes out, especially now that he's in here with, with these ninjas. and uh, there's, That guy can do no wrong, in my opinion. He's, yeah, uh, it's... He's that, entertaining every which way he he comes out and he does something he says something I love it I love Archer oh yeah it's right. yeah that was kind of interesting I mean Arch or Vince loves our truth and I mean that's that's made no bones about that it's just putting him in the slapstick scare you know segments and everything you know it it keeps everybody engaged you know it it kind of dumbs down Naya a little bit though, having him go out in the middle of that, which I have no problem with, honestly. Right. But you know, the, the 24 seven title, it adds a nice little spin to it and everything. Yeah. I think he's the only one that can make that title relevant. I know, you know, everything that he does with it is gold. Mm-hmm. And I think the Vince likes him because of his charisma, his soul charisma. Like, and that's why that 24 seven works for him. I believe yeah. is because it's nothing but his charisma. Oh yeah. It, it, nobody cares about the matches. They care about what is our truth going to do next. Yeah. What's what's the next uh, uh, name that he's going to throw in on this thing? You know, the seven eleven, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Hardcore hardcore European <laughs> championship. Yeah. God, you know, it's just all it's it's all good. I think he fits that slapstick uh, comedy stuff way yeah. better than prophets or Viking Raiders. Oh, for, for sure. sure. So during this whole thing, uh, Charlotte comes out, and she came out. So I forget how, but Curious Hour and R-Truth kind of split ways, or R-Truth splits ways. Charlotte comes out talking about families with Naya on who got the upper hand based on their family background. To be honest with you, they both did, so I don't even see how this argument's relevant. I know. Uh and then uh, amongst that, fight breaks out and Nia injures Charlotte's left arm or shoulder, I should say, which isn't a surprise because Nia worker, injures everybody. Worker shoot. That's the question. Right. Right. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That That is the question. Is <laughs> because there were some aspects where it's like, man, that, I think she actually hurt her damn arm. I know. Just add her to the list. Yeah. So, uh, you know, another segment I just tuned out on. Uh, then we had the Street Profits versus the Viking Raider recap. It went through the "I'm better than you" nonsense again. An, mm-hmm. Another thing I tune out. I tune out. You know, uh, I don't I, know how you feel about the storyline, but I hate it. You know, I went or I got bored yesterday, and I I, I kind of went back and watched um, Backlash. That that brawl between them, what didn't even become a match. It had a little bit of, of comedic relief to it. And, you know, it was slapstick and hokey, especially whenever the ninjas came out and everything and started. Yeah. I felt like they tried to mimic Rush Hour quite a bit or like yeah. the, the Ninja Turtles even. And part of it I liked, but part of it I was just like confused. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of sat there and, you know, 
I tried to wrap my mind around it, but I couldn't come to a conclusion as to what exactly was going on. Honestly, so, I feel like the only reason why they did the whole ninja thing is I am fully committed that 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 uh, Shaq was the big ninja towards the end of that scene. That didn't surprise me. Yeah, he he had the the build to it. Yeah, and the so yeah. you know it, it it's almost as if they built that whole scene just to squeeze him in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wish we could get a final reveal for it and make sure, but yeah, yeah, I was waiting for it. To, even during that whole segment while I was live, I was just waiting for it. I was like, he's got to demask him. You know, it's yeah. got to be Shaq Fu. Bring back Shaq Fu. Why not? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, uh, after the recap, that led into the Street Profits uh, Viking Raider match, which is supposed to be the blow off for this whole "I'm better than you" thing, mm-hmm. and the Profits retain. What did you think of that match overall? Uh, it was it was decent. I mean, those two, if you take all of the shenanigans out, those two can work together. Yeah. Like you got two big guys versus two really athletic guys. So talking about Viking Raiders versus Street Profits, respectively. Even though they're big guys, they still move. Ivar is a massive human that can do flips and. You know, whether it's cartwheels, backflips, front flips from the top rope, like he's a freaking cruiserweight. But yeah, I mean, and then you got Montez Ford, Duke and leap 10 feet off the top rope and hit a frog splash from the rafters and make it look absolutely beautiful. But riding has just turned these both into a joke. And it's almost like you forget they're actually the tag champs right now. Right. You know, and, and I'm tired of the excuse that creative has nothing to do with them i mean for for what they get paid and the amount of stars that they have they you have to be able to figure something out yeah i mean even if you have to rebuild the tag division i mean ricochet and cedric alexander have been buried they're just completely gone at this point so it's like they tried to but everything is failing right now right and they're like they're the only two tag teams that are really relevant right now on raw and they're just doing all this garbage with them and there's no development in that division at this point right i mean like i said they just went out and just buried everybody but these two had they have worked this tag team division the way AEW works their tag team division uh, with the amount of talent that they have i mean they have the full potential to make this one of their better divisions smack that's the one thing smackdown has done right is the tag team division that's more interesting. That's one more interesting thing on that on the blue side than it has overall. That's kind of that's kind of their only thing they have overall right now, um, right. is because they they've got developed tag teams they can work, but raw they've just let that slip under the, under the radar and it kind of sucks right now. Yeah, they should do like kind of what they did with the uh, women's tag division is let the tag teams bounce between brands. Yeah, you know I think I mean, that'll that'll freshen everything up for. For that's, both sides. That's something I'm, I'm going to touch on here in a little bit. So just just keep that in mind. Yep. So after the uh, the match and the Street Profits retain, Zelina's crew comes in to jump the Profits. Mm-hmm. Uh, just creating just creating a bunch of madness everywhere they go. Viking Raiders come in for the save, proving that they are true loyal friends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like to, I like to see where that goes now that this whole nonsense of 
on Better Than You is over. Like, I like to see exactly what they do with these two now. I, it, it, I, it's kind of nice to see that change come through, you know, with Zelina Stable, you know, making that tag team right. instead of, you know, just having singles matches and everybody else is hanging out on the outside. You know, put some substance behind it. You get them, get them, start giving them some wins. And yeah, like they're not completely buried again. Yeah. And it looks like they're starting to get along now, which, you know, we'll touch on when that, when that comes around. But yeah, like I said, that's like, as you said, that stable's finally starting to make sense. It's finally starting to be something. Exactly. You know, like you said, as opposed to the three individuals that they had who were acting as such, now they're, they're coming together as a team. Yeah. All right. So next we had uh, Seth's promo to Rey Mysterio. It's very <laughs> ominous. It says, the plan will be revealed, and he stares out into the camera. All right. <laughs> uh, that's 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 kind of a that's got to be the SummerSlam. That's why they're slow burning this so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for the slow burn, but yeah, there's a way to do a slow burn. There's a way to not do a slow burn, and they're yeah. really pushing towards that latter part. So, and then they recapped of Dominic jumping Seth from last week. Still like that. Yes. I like that Dominic's getting more involved. <laughs> yeah. I like that uh it shows that he can work. You know, wherever he's training, he's he's picking it up and yeah, you know, he's he's better than a lot of other people that we see in the ring that aren't full timers. Yeah, no kidding. And and then we had a Charlotte promo. I can't remember what she spoke about. I don't know if you can. Not really. I mean yeah. just standard stuff. Yeah. And then that was followed up by uh, Garza and Andrade talking about how they want the tag titles. There we go. I like it. Yeah. That's finally some synergy in that group and a, a unified focus like we were talking about. Yep. And honestly, having a triple threat tag team title match between those six, I got no problem with it. They, you can work a good 15 minutes, 20 minutes with that. Add a stipulation to it maybe, being an extreme rules pay-per-view. Yeah, make it a uh, a ladder match. Exactly. You put some ladders on those six guys, and you're going to see magic happen. That's that's one you want in front of a live audience. Yeah, and you know I'm not one for triple threat matches, but I think that one, as you say, have a lot of substance behind it, and it can be very entertaining. You got yeah, you'll have three different styles of wrestling mixing into one match, and I think those six can mesh it really well together. Yeah, completely agreed. So next we had uh, Charlotte versus. Asuka uh, championship match for the women's championship match where mm-hmm. it was a pretty decent match overall. I thought it was a good pacing. Um, Probably the best match of the night. Um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Even, you know, even though Charlotte ended up tapping out, you know, I think that kind of plays along with, you know, losing the NXT women's championship. So you, you're not necessarily burying Charlotte, but you're, you're putting her down just a little bit. She's always going to be main event level. It's not burying her whatsoever, but it's given that perception to just have this meteoric rise or a change in her character and just absolutely snap and just start destroying everybody. Yeah, I think she's one of those wrestlers that you can't really bury her. No, you never can. You know, she can take uh, as many losses as as even as AJ, and it. I feel it doesn't hurt her at all. No, you know, all it's doing is lifting. You know, it's especially with this match, it put some steam back in the Oscar. It made mm-hmm. her feel like she's a real champion and she has the strength to, to be a champion. Well, not only uh, that Oscar or, I mean, Charlotte being the one that broke Oscar's winning streak. I mean, she made her tap out 
the right. WrestleMania. So, I mean, it's kind of the just dessert here and kind of the, the, the callback to that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, it, like I said, I thought it was a good match. Um, Charlotte can, can take those L's without any issues. Oscar exactly. needs the wins. Oh yeah. You know, especially since they still have her kind of jumping around and screaming Japanese gibberish, uh, at least she looks strong wrestling. Yeah, which is important. Yeah, you could you could have the the weird character as long as your wrestling can back it up in the ring. Right. And that this is one of those that's it's actually kind of working right now. Yep, agreed. You know, cuz when uh when Asuka was with Kyrie Sane like that's when I felt like she was at her lowest. Yeah. Like it, it really wasn't working for me. I mean, Kyrie is a good technical wrestler, don't get me wrong, it's just just because you have two Japanese wrestlers doesn't mean their styles are going to mix together perfectly. Right. Like two luchadors put together aren't always going to be magic. Right. I think actually Kyrie Sane would probably work better with a, a probably an Io Shirai. Yeah. You know, they're a little more of the same style, a uh, little closer towards the same character. Uh, it like, just didn't work between, it was just too much of a gap I felt between Oscar well, and Kyrie Sane. Yeah. Top there, Io and Kyrie are top rope and flyers. Asuka's more technical and striking right. mission. Yeah. Yeah. She's all about that strong style. As, oh, yeah. as we can say, I mean, she's, she throws some stiff, some stiff uh, punches yeah, those, and kicks. Those kicks to the, to the head and the chest. Dear God, that looked like a <laughs> cave your sternum in. Yeah. And so next I was followed up with the Christian Randy Orton recap. Yeah. Followed by the edge promo, which had a lot of, uh, a lot of feeling to it, a lot of anger, bringing him back to a place where he doesn't want to be. Nope. Yeah. Um, stating that Randy woke up the evil in him. Oh, I like to see where that goes. I want to see what this evil is. Yeah. It's especially if, if we're getting back to that Randy Orton, that would knock Stephanie McMahon out and kiss her in the middle of the ring while her husband's trying to, to crawl across the ring handcuffed <laughs> yeah. to the ropes. Yeah. That's, that's the sadistic Randy Orton that we all remember and love. Yeah. So now what do you think about them bringing back these past, uh, gimmicks, if you will, bringing him, bringing Randy Orton back to the legend killer. That's one of the few times that's actually going to work. I think because Randy has gone, I don't know if I would actually consider a point where Randy was really a face face. Like he's always had that look of kind of being the, the anti face, right. like a CM Punk type thing. Right. Or he's just been dark. You know, he's just, he has that drained of emotion look on his face and in his eyes. That's the Randy Orton that, cause he just has that look. He is always kind of squinty eyed. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of, just a dark stare and like looking right through your soul that Randy Orton needs to come back and he plays that perfectly. He's, he's probably one of the best ones to play that dark side. Like, yeah. I mean, I really like it too. Uh, it just worries me because we know, we know when Randy's motivated and he's interested, he's the Randy that we're seeing right now, but yeah. the second he gets disinterested, it just becomes boring Randy. So, as much as I I like what's going on now, I still have it in the back of my mind that he's going to go back to boring Randy. Yeah. So, okay. and that's the only reservation I have with bringing back these past gimmicks because even when he was the Legend Killer years ago, 
I didn't really buy it because I know he didn't really buy it. You know, I think being a little bit older now, I think he can buy himself into it a little more. And I mean, the guy's been wrestling for almost 20 years now on yeah. the main roster. And I think he's kind of learned what people are going to get sucked into, you know, legacy, Randy, meh. I mean, that was, I get the point of that stable, but I felt like that wasn't the peak Randy Orton either. What about evolution? He was still the, the coal, if you will. Right. Um, you know, he's still trying to find a spot. He was learning because that was just a heel stable altogether, obviously. Right. So he was still trying to learn that those heel ropes. You know, he he did. <laughs> he was a baby face. Like he, he looked like he was 16 years old in that. Stable. Right. So it was kind of hard to buy into that. But he slowly adapted to it and learned what he needed to do. Um, you know, because Hunter had that look. Obviously, Nature Boys had that in his in his eyes for all of his career and even batista started learning it a little bit right um but this that that randy he i think he knows exactly how to play that up now and i, I don't think we'll be disappointed with it yeah i agree uh yeah uh everything everything you said I, I completely agree with i said i just hope he stays motivated and stays in tune with what's going on which you know, working with Edge and Christian, uh, it it shows that it, he's more comfortable with those guys. He's used to them. He's worked with them oh, yeah. for years. It, it definitely shows that he's he's more vested in this one. Yeah. And then uh, we moved on to Anaya attacks Charlotte down by the empty ring, uh, still working that shoulder. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not interested in that at all. No, How about you? Again. Just rinse and repeat. I've never been invested in Naya. Never will. I don't know any way to get me invested into her. And Char- Charlotte's been the pinnacle of the female or the women's division for what, five years now mm-hmm. because she works the promos. She works in the ring. And even she can't get me invested <laughs> in Naya. So that it's her. She's just a lost cause to me. Yeah. Something needs to change with her. First, I need to get her off that title push she is nowhere near ready for that title push no she needs a long i feel like a long couple of programs to get people vested in her yeah uh but they definitely i feel like they need to change her look um that ring attire that she wears doesn't do her any justice it's they need to change her look they need to change her character as a whole for somebody as big as she is you need to work them for their strengths. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's what they did with Andre the Giants. They did the big show. Uh, as I said, the last time I was on, you dip over the impact. They're using Jordan Grace for her size and power. That's how she needs to be used. But the way they're doing it, they're kind of doing it that way, but the way they're doing it, it's just not working. They need to find a way to switch it up. Even mm-hmm. maybe make her a Samoan female Brock Lesnar, give her a talking piece. Yeah. Bring her back to being mean. Yeah. She, she tries to be the, I don't know when she's on the mic, she tries to play the cynicism too much. I don't know. I don't know if I'm wording that right, but most everything that comes out of her mouth is kind of sarcastic and kind of backhanded. And yeah, it almost sounds like the mean girl kind of thing that. Yeah, pretty much. And again, no buy into that whatsoever. It's, it's a snooze fest on her promos. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. 
I mean, I can't even, every time she speaks, I, you can ask me what the problem was about two minutes later. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I have no idea. So anyways, uh, after that, we got Akira Tozawa versus R-Truth for the uh, 24-7 title match. Yep. So as this match is stipulated, while the match is going on, the 24-7 rules are suspended until the end of the match because mm-hmm. uh, Tozawa had all his ninjas around, so they made a point of saying that. Although they did not have the Shaq Ninja, I was kind of disappointed. But uh, as the match was about to get started, here comes Bobby Lashley. Dear putting our truth in a full Nelson. Now I've been putting a full Nelson before. I don't pass out from the full Nelson. It's uncomfortable, but for sure. Yeah. But is that a move you think that Bobby Lashley should be putting on people as a, I don't know, man, a, a punishing kind of end all. To me, I don't know. It just looks silly to me. Not real. Uh, to use as a submission or like a sleeper sorta. I mean, I I've never bought into the full Nelson as that. I mean, just the 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 hold that it's supposed to do. I mean, it's not supposed to make you pass out. Right. I mean, so I don't understand why they're putting that spin on it right now with Bobby. I guess trying to make him look st- physically strong. Yeah, he already looks physically strong. I, I mean, know, dude's a beast. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> he he needs he needs something else to if he's trying to make people sleep. You know, he's got an MMA background. I mean, you can do a triangle choke. You can do a a, a Kirafuda clutch like Shayna Baszler. You got ten different ways you can choke somebody out to have an MMA background. Yet they're doing something as weak as a full Nelson. Come on now. Right. And and it's a they wonder why nobody is behind Bobby Lashley. Yeah, they just make him look silly. Yeah, the, the, they've got the tools to try to make something out of him. They've got a mouthpiece for him now. He's got the physical size and presence, but what you're telling him to do in the ring, or not letting him try to make his own calls, or if he has and he really doesn't know what to do, then yeah, you don't need him as your main eventer. Right. So while our truth is sleeping from that treacherous full Nelson. Akira Tozawa runs in and pins truth for the, for the title. Smart move on, on uh, Tozawa's part. Sure. But we all know truth is going to get it back. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to get his, he's going to have his 50th reign here soon. We all know (laughs) that's going to happen. I've lost track. Honestly, the last number I heard was 38. We're probably at about 50 right now. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's, it always comes full circle. Truth. And his shenanigans, it's it's like watching Roadrunner versus Coyote with that title. And whatever dynamite box he sets up or boulder <laughs> with a stick that he's going to pull and <laughs> drop it on Tozawa and pin him. I mean, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love it. I'm going to laugh my ass off and be like, this is awesome. Yeah. Just like an old lady. Oh, okay. whatever. All right. So after that, we had uh, Liv Morgan versus Natalia. Uh, decent match, actually. Liv Morgan is definitely mm-hmm. getting better. Yeah. Her ring work's definitely getting better. Um, I say keep putting her with the likes of Natalia because we yeah. know Natalia's kind of in that trainer role. Yeah, yeah. Natalia being the the seasoned vet, she she knows how to rework spots that don't go so hot. Yep. And if there's a botch or you know it it doesn't flow like it's supposed to, or trying to call it in the ring. 
that's how you can correct it on the fly and get live back on track or anybody else. So yeah, this is it's a good combo right now. Yeah, and she can almost make it as <laughs> if that spot was supposed to happen. Yeah, you know, which they, not everybody can do. Except the whole ending part of that, just the poor writing and everything. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Natalia wins with the sharpshooter. Apparently Natalia and Lana are best friends now. I have no idea why. Because yeah, I don't <laughs> if you go back and like watch any previous programs, those two have just gone at it before. Right. And so uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, that's confusing to me. I think it's just another target for Lana to distract and make loose. I mean, that's yeah. all she, that's all she's good for. She can't wrestle. She can't talk. She can't do anything but make people lose. So makes me wonder when she's getting out. Yeah. Hopefully soon. I would say not soon enough. <laughs> so Wayne Wayne Rivera wrote in with the proper name of our truth championship. It's the 24-7, 365 Interstate Champion of Europe. Oh. Huh, what happened to the 7-Eleven? I think did, he got away from 7-Eleven. Did, did the little Jimmy's change that? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a conspiracy. <laughs> little Jimmy. I don't know. Little Jimmy might be coming back. I don't know. Little Jimmy might roll him up magically one night and <laughs> take the title. You never know. You never know where little Jimmy is. Nope. All right. Then we got uh, Ric Flair comes out to name Randy Orton as the greatest wrestler ever. Please stop that. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. This is the best I can do with Ric Flair. I know. I, I know he's older than dirt itself, but come on. Give him something a little more. Yeah. So as they're out there, uh, Randy and Rick are talking and trading accolades and who's great. Big show comes out pretty pissed off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he threatens Randy. Randy says uh, they've known each other for a long time. And show brought this upon himself. Randy gave him outs. Show didn't take it. So I like to see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's an interesting dynamic. You've got an older big show. And I know Randy's no no slouch. I mean, he's what six five, six six. Yeah, he's pretty big, like two hundred and forty five built pounds. So I mean, but you're going against a big show, and the guy's lost weight. I know that he's he's not five hundred pounds like he used to be. Right. But you know, any match that he's recently had, it's it's been you know just kind of a not stiff, but you know not really fast pace. But not what Randy can do normally. So I'm curious to see how they tweak that. Right. And I, I kind of like how they're tying them in, right? So you got Edge Christian and now Show. So it's, you know, essentially a friends versus friend kind of thing going on, which I kind of dig. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's all the old wrestlers so far. You know, you don't have any of this new blood coming in, you know, saying that Edge was my idol or he was my mentor or anything like that. You know, right. all these are making sense so far. Right. Well, you know, I, I like it. Like I said, it shows Orton's interested. Um, this is where I think bringing back legends works. Yeah. You know, bringing back Hogan for no reason doesn't work. Okay. Bringing back Mick Foley to show the ugly green belt doesn't work. But using Edge and Christian and show in this facet, I think, works beautifully. Yeah, I mean, and you you randomly can't, like, Kurt Angle. You don't want to throw him in there. Right. You know, because that, that makes 
zero cents. Sure, Kurt and Edge had a lot of good matches back in the day, but how does that really tie into this when Kurt's been off TV for over a year now? Right. I don't know. So. But I, I, I'm curious to see how he and Big Show work together in their their twilight years of wrestling. Yeah, I have a feeling that it's they might bring in somebody else and make it kind of a tag thing. Hmm. Right, because we know, uh, uh, like as you said, show's been out of the ring for a while. We know we can't really move as fast. Yeah. So to lessen the the impact on them, just make it a tag. You know, but that's yet to be seen. Yeah, you, or you'd have to give have a good tag partner for Randy to to hype that up and get that going. Well, now that Dolph's back, yeah, right, because I don't see that feud with uh, Drew staying very long. Yeah. So with Dolph back, you can throw Dolph in with Randy, and you got Probably. a decent tag team there. Yeah, but we'll see. Next, we had the women's tag title match: Bailey and Sasha versus the Iconics. Do we have to talk about this one? On, honestly, the match <laughs> itself, no. Um, I think everything after the match was more interesting than the match itself honestly yeah agreed so as we know sasha and bailey retain with the bank statement so i'm not a big fan of the iconics but they're taking a lot of losses lately they have and they're still in the tag title picture which is very concerning right it doesn't show a lot of faith in the tag division right now i mean that that nxt match last week was better than any other Raw or SmackDown women's tag team match I've seen in a while. I'm going to have to go back and see that because I did not watch it. It's pretty decent. Um, but, again, just shows the, the the lack of strength in the women's tag team division. And just, I think they're more focused on other stuff right now than the tag titles. I think those are going to be a byproduct of other stuff. But it, that's what I was talking about earlier, um, something to discuss here in just a few minutes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that whole div- the women's tag division was one of those Vince throw together because I want to do something different. I don't care how it plays out deals. Yeah. And it shows, as you said, it, it shows that they're scrambling at, at straws here, trying to figure out what the hell to do. Pretty much. So after that match, Sasha, Begins talking with Bailey as Bailey's flaunting her Bailey dose straps. That's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. Um, Sasha looks at Bailey and says, "Every time she mentions dose straps, she can't help but to get a little jealous." Yep. So she decides she wants to ask for a title match, but not against Bailey. She decides to go against Asuka. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wrong move, man. But Asuka. Graciously accepts this title match. We got a build up here. This this is the the big talking point I was going to get to is ever since the whole NXT thing happened, which for anybody who didn't see it last week, Adam Cole came out, cut his promo about how he's the greatest champion. Obviously, well, Keith Lee comes out, North American champion. Says, yeah, that's you know, it's great and everything, but I got my eyes on another title. I, I, I'm coming after you, bub. And then you've got 
Johnny Gargano, who comes out, obviously flapping his gums, you know, Mr. NXT, Johnny Wrestling. Um, and then you have Finn Balor that comes out, basically says, I started this joint. You kiddies need to get back in line. <laughs> and Regal comes out and says, all right, this Wednesday, we're going to have a triple threat match. It's going to be Keith defending against Johnny and Finn. The winner of that match the next week is going, or that's on July 1st, excuse me. On July 8th, the winner of that match, whoever becomes the North American champion, is facing Cole in a winner-take-all match. So we got a pretty big NXT lineup for the next couple of weeks here. Um, I know Adam Cole's talks might be going out the door, possibly, whatever his future might be, so that might be why they're doing it. But if there's a big push going on for title mergers, we could see a merger of the, the the men's tag team titles. We've already got a merged women's tag team titles. So what if Sasha were to beat Asuka at Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship? Bailey and Sasha are the tag title holders and the world title holders for Raw and SmackDown. Right. What if something happens that they lose those titles again? We've talked about it. It could happen on Raw. It could happen on SmackDown. Right. It, could happen on, it could happen on a regular weekly show, not a pay-per-view. That causes this huge rift in between Extreme Rules and SummerSlam. We got plenty of time for a buildup that those two can just, after losing the titles, just butt heads, and we've got a winner-take-all women's championship match, and we have one women's title. Oh, I like that. Boom. A unified women's championship. Yes. I don't know Ooh. if WWE to go for a unified front on those titles so they can streamline things you know i i don't see them combining the universal and the wwe title unless no. they try to do something in like survivor series but if if that's a trend that nxt is starting right now again i don't know if that's because adam cole might be out the door and how they're going to unload the belt off of him but that's a way that wwe can do this main roster with the women's tag team titles and then you can have one a hell of a women's main event between those two because everybody remembers how big they can blow the doors off of a pay-per-view match. Oh, absolutely. And I think that makes total sense. You know, I would like to see uh, unified titles in the women's division. Yeah. You know, I, th I think that'll help all three brands, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I like that idea. I like that booking. Hopefully they're listening or will listen and, <laughs> and go with that because – That'll make things a lot more interesting. Uh, yeah. It'll make it a lot more fun to watch. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I could see them doing it with the men's if they ever get rid of this brand split. They need to. Um, you know, those those tag titles, It it's kind of absurd how they're doing it. Number one, they really need to unify those belts and get some much better looking ones because those look have looked god-awful for years. Yeah. Even when they were the black straps with the bronze plates yeah, the, on the them. The penny ones. Yes. God, those were awful. And even now they just change colors on them. No, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of the, that classic look. Yes. Of them. Um, so yeah, get some better looking belts out there. Don't make an intercontinental championship that or the tag titles look like the intercontinental title. Please God don't. Um, but yeah, just kind of go back to a classic look, that huge front plate, that yes. the big rectangular one and the, you know, just something nice or something good that looks like that. Um, but yeah, they need to to merge the tag titles and let them jump back and forth so that way you don't have a stagnant division. 
on each show. Yeah, I mean, especially on the on the men's side, like that would, as we said, would help tremendously because SmackDown does have a strong tag division. Raw has a non-existent tag division. Yeah. So as you said, unify them and let them bounce back and forth. Let them cross that bridge as often as they want. Yeah, and with Extreme Rules on the tw- or on on the nineteenth, that would give us about five weeks until SummerSlam. So you can lose the women's tag team titles, whether it's that next that night after or on Friday or even the next Monday. You've still got four weeks you can build up the Bailey and Sasha rivalry and just let them unleash hell on each other at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty much already written. Like the history they have between each other. Oh yeah. There's so much you can do there. It doesn't take it, it doesn't take much to reignite that. Yeah. And you know, I'm not a fan of of, of bringing back old storylines, but this one in this particular situation, especially based under what you just said, if they go that route, would be huge. Oh yeah, it'd be, it'd be a huge payoff for everybody. Yeah, I mean that's having a big title for title fight. I mean, and especially if you build it and build it right, and even if you throw in a stipulation, you know, I w- maybe a no disqualification match to ensure that there's a, a a unified winner for it. Sure, you'll get usually in a women's match, you see kendo sticks get whooped out, and they'll just beat the oh, hell yeah. out of each other. Um, you know, get some chairs in there. Just, just let it be a massacre. It's a, le- a last woman standing match. That I too. Mean. I think the only issue with that is we had one at WrestleMania, the Edge and Randy thing, and we saw how that. Again, the comparison of the Family Guy versus and Peter versus the big chicken fight, <laughs> and it just ends up everywhere, and it's all convoluted. And that's one match I think you need to do live. Actually, if it's those two. Instead of having a pre-recorded thing, yeah, um, or or a cinematic, yeah, that that needs to be live. That needs to be go, no cuts, no stopping the cameras. Just let it go. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So after uh, after Oscar accepts, they beat her up. <laughs> so yeah, happens. Yep. So next we had a, a a little promo with uh, MVP and Lashley. I don't know if you caught this, but they're calling themselves the Hurt Business. <laughs> Did I hear that wrong? I think that's what I heard. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a way to uh, uh, ruin the steam of MVP with uh, Lashley. That's for yeah, sure. Just a bit. I mean that again. They're trying to turn something into something it's not. I mean, you lost the WWE Championship match. There's no hurt there. Right. <laughs> you got hurt. Right. So that's that's just kind of craziness to to call it that. Unless that's unless that's their new stable, being that they're trying to bring in uh, Apollo Cruz, still working with Shelton Benjamin. Again, it doesn't make me believe with those members that this is the hurt business. The only person with proper accolades in wwe is mvp with the longest running u.s champ yeah yeah so mvp's putting himself over i don't know about the other guys pretty much (laughs) his his ripe old age but i mean it's just it just goes to show that it's kind of contradictory to what they're trying to build here it's like you lost some matches there buddy and you lost the big one you're not hurting much of anything I, i i don't know yeah. I, anyways, so that's followed up by the VIP lounge. 
uh, more of MVP trying to get Apollo Cruz to join the Hurt business. Apollo Cruz not having it. Shelton Benjamin comes out and starts whooping on him a little bit, which then in uh, a match ensues for the uh, U.S. title belt itself, and Apollo retains. Yep. But because Apollo retains, he also gets put in a full Nelson. Hurt business. Hurt. Maybe that's the hurt business. Is that the name of the soul Nelson is the hurt business? I don't know. Oh, I'm trying please. to find out where the hurt business fits. Please. No. <laughs> <laughs> WWE. If you're listening, stop right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. All right. After that, uh, we had the whole Seth Ray thing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I missed the beginning of this, so I don't know if you want to do the breakdown of it. I missed the beginning of it as well. I was trying to get everything set for the the show tonight, so unfortunately, I missed the beginning of that too. Yeah, so I know uh, Ray put on a big promo. What he spoke about, I'm not exactly sure, but I know he was spoken to uh, speaking to Dominic. Seth comes out, um, claiming to hurt Dominic as well. Mm-hmm. Then his disciples come running out to beat up on Ray and Dominic Surprise. only to get whooped themselves by Humberto Carrillo and Aleister Black for the save. I like it. So do I. So I wonder where this also was going. So is Humberto Carrillo, Aleister Black now going to team with Ray and Dominic, or is it more of a respect for the older guy kind of thing? I got a feeling that this is, or with those guys coming out, I got a feeling they may take extreme rules and do a six man tag with it. So we'll have Seth, Austin, and Buddy versus Alistair, Umberto, and Dominic. Get him his real first match and see how he does. So kind of protect him a little bit. So leave Ray out and have Dominic in. Yes. That way you kind of go through that. You know, see see what happens with Dominic, see how, how he adjusts in his first real TV match. And again, you're still saving Seth versus Ray for SummerSlam. I like it. I mean, that's a Teddy Long match being made player, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, I think it can work. Yeah. And like, uh, like I said, it's Dominic, you know, we've seen him just a little bit in the ring, you know, especially when he attacked Seth last week and moved pretty fluidly just for right. one quick little segment. But you got to see how he does for a full match and a full tag in, you know, make sure he's got his, his get, get his water wings taken right. off a little bit and kind of go ahead and throw him in the deep end and see what happens with some of those, excuse yeah. me, some of the big ones. I like the way they're kind of working them in though. Cause even to, at the end of this, uh, uh, altercation that they had, they were trying to do the eye for eye, eye for an eye thing with Dominic. Yeah. Um, again, we had Black and Carrillo come and break that up. But during that whole little uh, segment, you know, Dominic was in there uh, fighting, getting beat up on, and he did as good as anybody else that I've seen in there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, potential. I, I mean, yeah, I think he's ready for, for his first real match. Yeah. Put him in there and see what see how he rolls. I mean, I'm sure his, his entrance will be a, an homage to Ray. You know, yes. kind of coming out in gear. Obviously, he's he's not wearing luchador mask or anything, but 
you know, how Ray comes out in like a head covering over his mask. Yeah. You know, Dominic could do some or do an homage and a thing like that, you know, and then Ray always wears the pants and everything. So I think it's going to be a kind of a nostalgic feeling for, for Dominic coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait for that. I want to, I want to see him actually work. So that was the end of raw. Uh, not too exciting for me. Like you said, it set up some stuff, uh, bridged over some others, but overall was a okay show. I give it a three star. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's again, you have your favorite TV show, but you don't like every single episode. This was, a, I wouldn't say a filler episode. It was a bridge. Um, you know, you, you've got to throw some little Easter eggs in there to, to plant for the next episode and for other stuff to come down the season. Right. And we're, we're building up to SummerSlam in August, basically. Yep. So now that that's out of the way, oh God, we've got the big stuff. Oh boy. <laughs> and there sure was no shortage of it for this week. Sweet mother of God. Where do you want to start? <laughs> There's really no starting point. It's like everything. Or I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you want to go back, the original deck, the, the Velveteen dream was kind of one of the first ones you heard about because that was a few weeks ago well it really uh, kicked off with uh, uh jordan devlin over in the uk yeah. the uk wrestling really got hit hard uh, yeah oh god yeah, yeah they got, got destroyed yeah willow spray was was named in there too so i mean you you got some pretty big names that are getting dragged through the mud over there yes um they're uh, a for them it was more of abuse and things like that where it was from the articles I was reading mm-hmm. that it's, you know, just not a good picture overall. Um, you know, so you got Jordan Devlin on there. I saw Jimmy Havoc was named on there too. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of some others off the top of my head right now. I had my list here, um, but, but it's gone. But, you know, so a lot of your big indie wrestlers, um, Marty Skrull was named on there too. Oh, I didn't hear that one. Yeah. That it, it didn't dive too far into it, but he was a, a potential name that was listed on that too. Um, so yeah, you've got a lot of big indie stars or, you know, new Japan ring of honor, those guys that are getting pretty, a pretty bad name right now for them for, for some pretty bad allegations. Um, and again, those, those guys right now, it's more along the lines of abuse and everything. The, over in the UK scene. Right. Um, now, when you start getting into guys like Velveteen Dream, you start getting into some pretty heinous crimes right there. Um, and especially uh, Jack Alliger, Matt Riddle, that's where the water starts getting a little bit deep and a little bit of a sensitive subject. Yes. Some people. Uh, yeah. So. I think we need to put the disclaimer out there with these following news as we're going to start to, to talk about. It's a very serious thing. Uh, you know, my heart goes out for those that felt the evilness of what is going on, of the assault and the harassment. Um, that is not okay in any industry, both male and female. So as we speak about this, um, anything we say, uh, we don't mean ill will on how it comes out. If it comes out wrong, 
just so that's out there. Um, just us as wrestling fans, man, we're trying to re- report the news and what's going on. And unfortunately, this is a black eye on the wrestling business. Yep. Um, and also on top of that, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive subject, you know, but you got to have the conversations yes. to be able to know better for the future. Yes. Um, I mean, as but, I say, it's, uh, speak out because nobody's going to know unless you do, unless you talk about it and you make it a known thing to yeah. be aware of. Yeah. But I mean, just, just some of the stories that you're hearing ranging from rape to um, sexual harassment to pedophilia. Oh. I mean, it's there. There's if you're kind of squeamish, you know, it's going to get a little hairy here for a minute. So just forewarning for you. But as, as wrestling fans, as podcasters, you know, you can't dodge the subject. You're, you're only, you're only perpetuating the cause if you stay quiet about it. So, I mean, it it has to be talked about. Um, But yeah, I mean, you've got guys like Velveteen Dream who, it started out with just one person and him saying that I didn't request any photos. I didn't send anything where in these messages was I trying to solicit sex from this kid to more people or I believe there were at least three people that I saw three other people who were under the age of or 17 or under and basically getting nudes sent to them. Yeah. I saw that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, you've got Matt Riddle was soliciting sex from a female star. This is just about what two or three years ago in a van when all the wrestlers were asleep. And he basically said, why don't you come perform a sexual act on me? Yep. She said no. And he basically forced himself on her is the, what the accusation was reporting. Right. Again, we're, we, we're using the term accusation. We're not on the side of these wrestlers we're just reporting it we're not the law we're not deciding who's guilty or not we're just giving the news so we need to throw that out there too um and then jack alliger multiple women came forward on twitter and said yeah he he raped me or well my or my friend i was with on new year's he raped her and he has been released from the company and basically has been erased from history of the yes. WWE. Yeah. So it's <laughs> very dark time right now. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely tough. And my whole thing on it is, unfortunately, I don't believe that this is a new thing. No. I believe now there's just a platform for people to talk about it on and report it on. Uh, even come out and speak on and still remain anonymous to a degree. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you th- think about it. The one of the big ones was Jim Cornette and the guy's been in the wrestling business for f- four decades or five decades. Even. And the fact that he was using his, he's been using his wife to basically use her as a sex slave, sort of for wrestlers and, to kind of or make them kind of let me let me find the wording here. You know, she was kind of his sex slave to use 
on the talent as a means to decide who gets over. So he was essentially pushing her, uh, uh, pimping her out for basically. Yeah. Like she, she was having sex with the, the, the report is with multiple wrestlers and, you know, basically he had, uh, if I remember reading it right, he had this weird fetish of watching it too. So whoever decided to participate was who got the push. And if you didn't, well, you're, you're getting buried. You're basically done. And God only knows how long he's been doing that. Right. Because Jim Cornette's not one of the best people in the wrestling business. That's, that's been a known fact for years, but I guarantee you. And I mean, we've talked about in, in our, our chats, you know, Pat Patterson, he's had so many accusations. And if you go back, if you think about how, we've got the Andre the giant Memorial battle Royal. The women's was going to be called the fabulous moolah. And whenever they were first released that women absolutely lost their mind. And even feet or the current superstars at the time came out and said, hell no, change this name because moolah was a glorified pimp for her women. And absolutely was pardon my French complete dog shit to all of her women. She basically pimped them out and she beat the hell out of them. Yeah. I actually remember uh, watching that on dark side of the ring season one. They had a, yeah. an episode on fabulous Mula and she was complete trash. Yeah. <laughs> the, the more that, you know, in the nineties, you know, when her and may young, you know, they, they got their, their TV time at the, the end of their careers and their lives eventually. You know, nobody really had the internet. Nobody really talked about that stuff. The TV and real life were separated. Right. You know, K- kayfabe was life. You didn't talk about that. But with the internet age, the social media age, people started learning things and nothing gets hidden anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't send a text message without risk of it being misconstrued of anything or being used as blackmail down the lo- down the line. Right, and we're we're seeing that now, most recently with uh, Sammy Guevara. I mean, he got caught yeah. up in this uh, talking about how this was back in 2016. He sent out a or made a statement on uh, Busted Open Radio about wanting to rape Sasha Banks. Yep, he has since um, rescinded that statement. Uh, apologized to Sasha about using those words and basically spoke about how he was a young 20 something year old, uh, using these words to, to make jokes, not realizing the full ramification of what he was saying. Again, I don't condone, I don't condone the action that he did, Mm -hmm. but I can almost see both sides of it. Right, because as as a young person, we've all said stupid things that we've regretted. We've all done stupid things that we've regretted. However, to most of us, there is a line on how far we would go. Yeah, um, I got a feeling though. With a, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I think AEW suspended him out of necessity. It felt like um, almost kind of like they not only just for that action, but it's almost like they needed to just to make sure. Cause if you do it once, 
you don't know what kind of precedence that sets right or because if you do that once at that age have you done it before elsewhere you know or do you have a tweets and facebook posts that are buried somewhere that they need to to research you know just to make sure this isn't an isolated incident you know it's it's they and it's also to kind of save face with them because if aew doesn't take any action then it's almost like they're promoting it or saying you know he he was a dumb kid you know just let, let him slide he was 22 years old well i mean they're 18 year olds out there that have screwed up before and they've ended up burying the rest of their lives in jail right basically. so i mean it's yeah, you know, it's something that AEW kind of had to do, but sort of kind of maybe for the wrong reasons too, just to to make them look good too, that they're taking a stand with this. But, you know, when you're a kid that young, we flap off at the gums. Yeah, we've said stupid stuff. But when you're famous, you're held to a higher standard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's being a politician, a sports athlete, doesn't matter. You know, it's everybody looks up to you. You're you're a role model. So if if kids are watching wrestling and you know they they see this guy who, you know, oh he's great in the ring, but he said this. You know, you don't want your kid watching that guy anymore. So AEW has to check it out and make sure you know did we miss anything with this guy, and just right. make sure they got all their bases covered before they say okay yeah you you served your time, just watch your mouth, shut up, put your head down and get out there. Right. Cause AEW at this juncture has a whole lot more to lose than WWE does. Oh, absolutely. WWE can rebound from these, uh, accusations and scandals as we've seen before. AEW does not have the clout that WWE has. So th they had to make a move. Um, I personally think this was the right move. I think you suspend them without pay until you can find out further information. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the thing I don't like the way WWE handles it is they fire Jack Gallagher right off the, the right off the, the, the cuff, mm -hmm. but still pushed Matt Riddle over AJ on SmackDown. Yep. Yeah. Everybody was livid about that because the Matt Riddle promo, even though they kind of took that down and didn't talk much about it, they still pushed him. They still let him debut. They still put him on TV after all this came out. And they still have Dream on the roster. Excuse me, for basically being accused of being a child predator. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying rape is a less charge than that, but whenever you have that going on, that's a terrible look for your company. Yeah. I mean, even over on uh, the impact side of it, right? So Dave Christ was named in a few allegations. He's no longer working for Impact, mm -hmm. as well as Joey Ryan, right? So we know Joey Ryan was an indie wrestler, didn't sign with anybody for a majority of his career. Last year, signs with Impact on a lucrative deal, comes out with these allegations. Impact cuts the deal, and Joey Ryan shuts down bar wrestling. So that in a sense is the way to do it because you're showing the same precedents across the board. doesn't matter if you're Dave Chris or you're Joey Ryan, you're, if you do this done, we don't want you here. Yeah. And again, I mean, WWE kind of has them racked and stacked on base 
on revenue. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure. So don't hold me to it. Uh, Roman Reigns was even named in an in, uh, allegation, but he's a major star. Matt Riddle, same thing. He's an up and coming star. They kind of get a slap on the wrist where somebody like Jack Gallagher gets fired immediately. They can't have this level of punishment. It has to be the same across the board. I don't care if you're an NXT tryout to a main roster championship push level person. You have to have the same ramifications for everybody. I mean, also NWA, they had a huge shift because there was a wrestler that came out and said that NWA's VP yes. basically had an allegation. He resigned and NWA said, we're shutting down production right now because we have to reorganize our structure because this is a huge shift for us. Right. They, they're taking it that serious that they're stopping right now so that they can get all their ducks in a row and then they can get back to the drawing board and get back to, to re- the wrestling that we know and love and appreciate. Right. Which so, again, it's, it's the way to do it. You need to take that pause. You need to figure out what's your next move. What? Cause as you said, the move you make is the president you set. Yeah. So you have to take the time out. You have to press pause and figure this out. I mean, even Jimmy Havoc, you know, when, when he got named, he basically came out and said, I need help because he's got a lot of mental issues. And he even said, I've got substance abuse. And like AEW released a statement saying, hey, you know, he's acknowledging this. He's checking himself in. You know, we're we're going to support him through this because he's admitted he's got a problem. Right. So he's not running from it. He's basically admitting yeah i kind of screwed up guys yeah as you said it's a it's a dark time in in wrestling right now yeah i mean Uh, it it, it was eventually going to come to a head because all the little stuff throughout the years that's come up again you know we talk where we talk about patterson may or moola you know and then just the boys on the road and everything. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more that, especially that nineties wrestling where those guys on the road, 300 days a year. You can't tell me shenanigans did not happen. Oh, absolutely. Especially during the whole, uh, uh, kiss my ass era going through. Yeah. Uh, Whenever the divas, the divas, the, uh, bra and panty matches. Yep. Sable with the puppy. Like, Mm -hmm. Granted that part of that was the time, right? That was almost socially accepted to sort of behave like that on TV, not making it right. Mm-hmm. But you got to know, especially if if it's this deep in today's society, which we're nowhere near that. We've we've evolved above that. How bad could it have been back then? You know, oh, it yeah. makes you wonder. Yeah, but I mean, it's... A- it's- it's a shame, you know. We we love this sport to get away from the from the nonsense of the real world and to to have it stay in a black eye like this. It it hurts. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean we we have these these characters that we love to watch, and you know we're entertained by them. It's sports entertainment for a reason. You know, there's some athleticism that goes with it, and some of them are great athletes. But when you strip that 
facade down and you get to the core of the human when the camera's off, I mean, it's a night and day difference and it's hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So what else do we have in the news? Um, the last ride, the final chapter aired. Um, I kind of like the way they built this episode and, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to get to the AJ match. You know, it's, he teased, you know, the extreme rules match again with where he tagged with Roman against, uh, Shane and Drew last year. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of teased, he felt great after it, you know, everything went as it was planned, no pain did, you know, felt great after, and he felt like that was the curtain call. And then, uh, you know, he went to TV a couple months later for SmackDown since it was in MSG. And, you know, he's feeling great. And then the Broken Skull sessions happen. You know, the debut episode was Stone Cold. And it's like, yeah, maybe I got a couple more left. And then AJ's like, uh, you know, you never know till you ask. So, you know, you make, you make, you call Taker himself, kind of talk to him. You know, obviously at that age, he's definitely got to think about it. And I didn't know that they had the mutual friend that they both had known for years. So they ended up, you know, having met each other long ago. So they've known each other for a long time. <laughs> and then Taker being an ass tries to rib him and like, eh, nah, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to put someone else over. It's like BS you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, it was good. And I mean, everybody, Anybody that they that they interviewed, the consensus was if there's one person who can flawlessly execute a match and can protect anybody, you're gonna want AJ in that match. Yes. So yeah, and that's why I love AJ. He makes anybody look good at any moment in their career. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean the the guy's fluid, he knows the ring psychology, he can call anything on the fly, and whether that's with the Undertaker, or you know, flying around with anyone else. The guy, Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor, Shinsuke, Shinsuke. Yeah, the guys, the guys, golden. Yep. So, Undertaker is officially retired. End of an era. He said that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the Goldberg match happened. So I, I think he means it this time. Yeah. Everybody and the boneyard match was well received. Like, yes. That was a good way to close out night one. And just because that was our really first cinema match yeah. that we got during the COVID era. And we're like, oh God, how is this gonna go? And you know, some of it looked a little little cheesy, a little hokey, but the way they told the story, you know, where they still had the live crowds and everything kind of yeah. up to a couple weeks before him, how personal they made it. Like AJ, like, yeah, Undertaker had social media and kind of let himself strip it down, but it hadn't been brought really to WWE TV until this angle. And, right. you know, AJ's talking about the broken down old man named Mark Calloway and, you know, his little blonde wife, Michelle, trying to drag him out again and just basically killing him. And then Taker, you know, calling him Alan, you know, talking about Wendy and the kids. They got your buy-in on that because yeah. that that strips you down to the core. I mean, yeah, AJ and Samoa Joe kind of sort of did the same thing 
you know, bringing the the families into it, but it was just a one way street to get under AJ's skin as the face. This, right. And as much as I love Samoa Joe, he's not the taker. No. <laughs> so there's a lot that comes with just naming the Undertaker and being against the Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Has a lot more buy in. Yeah. But I mean, it's the way they told this entire story, some of it was pretty gut wrenching to watch. Right. And, you know, when, when you finally look back at it and you're like, oh, damn. Like, you know, he's, he was two inches away from breaking his neck and possibly widowing his wife. Right. So it's just some things that just, you know, you take into consideration that late in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had a, he had a phenomenal career. Oh uh, God. That's, sad, sad to see him retire, but we knew it was, it was coming. It's time to make room for the next guy. I, don't, I really don't know of anyone else who could do that longevity because you're talking about a guy who debuted 30 years ago yeah. this year. And I'm sure it, it probably won't be a match, but surely we'll have live crowds back by November and he'll make an appearance just for the anniversary. Yeah. He would have to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost a necessity since that's where he debuted. Right. But it's to be seen. We still got about five months until survivor series. So we'll see what happens between now and then. Yeah. What else we got in the news? Um, I think we got about everything covered there. So we hit the everything was speaking out. We talked about Taker's retirement. We hit on Cornette. I think we I think we dug down to the well pretty hard tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I wish this episode was a little more light hearted. Yeah, I know I know we usually but, are play banter a little bit and have fun, but yeah. I mean it's we're like any other show. Sometimes you got to hit on the sensitive subjects and it hits a lot of people the wrong way, but I mean, you've got to have the conversation or nothing changes. That's, yep. that's like what's going on with NASCAR right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. with the Confederate flags, yet you go down to Al- to Talladega in Alabama and the one black driver has a noose hanging in his garage. Yeah. Who, today. who I'm a fan of actually. Oh yeah. yeah. Now that my boy Jimmy's retiring, <laughs> I slid over to uh, the Bubba Wallace side because, you know, he's part of the Richard Petty team. A lot of history there. Mm-hmm. Man, can't catch a break. Oh, but, you know, you, you got a bit, you had a big stand of unity today. Yes. From everybody. And that's everybody, you know, you're not going to break the kid's smile. You're not going to break his spirit. And everybody's right there with him, whether it's athletes and other sports, the drivers themselves. You know, yeah. just conversations got to happen or change isn't. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so today was a serious episode. Next week will not be. Yes, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> it will not hit the fan between now and next Monday. Yes, yes, I should say that. As long as things go the way they're supposed to. <laughs> I think between Wednesday night and about Thursday night, that 24-hour window was a a, a complete massacre. Yeah, the bottom just fell out. Oh yeah. So. Anyway, so we like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to Level One Games and our boy M from Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back Sports page. Get all your uh, sports news. That's our boy Randy, also from Wednesday nights. Yep. 
And everybody knows I'm a belt collector, so I got to put over my boy John Barbarossa from AJSBelts.com. Any belt you're looking for, custom uh, WWE and any other brand that you like, he's got them. He'll set you up. Official licensed dealer, too. Officially, yep, official licensed WWE dealer. I actually got my beautiful Impact custom made from him, 24 karat gold, dopest thing ever. So uh, anybody else you want to put over? Um, you know, we just appreciate all our viewers worldwide. You know, we're, we're, we're growing. So it's, it's all about word of mouth and shares. So uh, you like, you like what you're hearing around the world. Tell your buddies. That's one person that doubles our viewership. Just keep it going. You know, it's, we're, we're slow grow a slow burn. Like some of the stories we're watching right now, but that's, that's the way we like it. And if there's anything that you want to hear, you got any questions or want to see, Drop the comments. We want to hear them. We want to hear it. Let's do it. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll be back. Myself and Cooper with Pern Dog and Wayne will be back on Monday. Don't forget mm-hmm. to catch the Wednesday night show with M, Randy, and Wayne. They do the AEW and uh, news from the latter part of the week. Be sure to check them out. They're pretty awesome. Not as good as us, but they're pretty awesome. All right, fellas. Have a good night. Holla.